And here, here we're teaching, and you can see I wear the kofia, uh, the Muslim dress, uh, the Muslim hat. And that's people part of the leadership. People got getting baptized. They just came out of the water. And this is church. So we meet in the shade of a tree, somebody getting baptized, uh, burning their witchcraft stuff, yeah. Uh, deliverance ministry, praying for people with bondage. This, is, this lady is the wife of an imam. He gave us a hard time. His wife came to the Lord. And this is an outreach that two brothers did. And just to give you an impression what conditions are like. So this is a... So there, in certain areas, there are simply not roads. So you just go. Yeah. And this goes on for 100 kilometers. Of course, this is rainy season. So this boy, he wanted, this man, he wanted to go on an outreach and... He, a rock hit him just before he wanted to go. This is another man, and a snake was biting him, uh, a black mamba. They don't like it when you step on them. And his, his wife said, in the name of Jesus, you will live and proclaim the works of the Lord. And he survived. And he was the former uh, imam of the mosque. This guy, he's now one of our leaders. So he was the one calling for prayer. Allah, that was the guy. And he was going on an outage and just before that it happened. And here he, he recovered a week later. And they are tough as nails. They go on that outreach. Waving goodbye. Yeah. So we have those small, crappy $500 motorbikes. Chinese, and we ride them as hard as we can and sell them again. So there are the two going off to a very dark corner of a district. Yeah, rev it up, come on, take off. Here they go. Yeah. yeah, could you stop the video for a moment? Um, and move back the last, the slide before. The little girl that you just saw, um, she lived with her parents in the center of our town, and she couldn't walk. So everybody knew this girl, uh, she had issues. She couldn't play with the kids, she couldn't carry water. Uh, she was on her own, she was just, she had issues. And one night she was screaming, Scream, scream, screaming. The neighbors couldn't sleep. And the, the parents ran to our colleagues and said, our daughter, she is screaming and she's, she's just manifesting demons and we can't calm her down. We had her to the witch doctors and they couldn't help. Could you please come? Sorry, it's three o'clock in the night, but we, we, we don't know how to help ourselves. So our colleagues went, it's probably 100 meters over to their house, and they prayed in tongues and then they... They just laid their hands on, on their child. The child looked up, calmed down, fell asleep. The next morning, it looked it was all right, but then at around 10 o'clock, uh, the arms got stiff and the manifestation started again. And the, the one half of the family said, let's rush, let's go to the witch doctor. She's dying, let's go, let's go. 
And the other half said, uh, remember the, the, the followers of Isa, Jesus, that came this night, uh, the last night here. They said, we mustn't mix the way of Jesus with the witch doctors. Let's go to the followers of Isa. And they took her there. And they prayed over her. And the, follow, the, the next four nights, the, the, the moms always put her on the back and carried her over to, the, to our colleagues. And uh, she, this, they ministered to her and prayed for her and stuff was coming out. And then she was healed. So she was known in that center of town. Everybody knew her. And they couldn't bring it together. One and one, what is it? And it's a major, major uh, testimony uh, of the power of the name of Jesus. And, and the Lord does those things sometimes as an initial miracle to come into networks into new families. Yeah. And we, we've come into a new network of families. Yeah. The core people who lived there for generations are Muslims and would never put a foot into a church. You wouldn't reach them with conventional methods. Okay, please go on. And this is, there are some followers. This is the last picture. Uh, just how they look, how they smile. And uh, it's, it's a joy for us to see people finding Christ and getting a new heart, new, born new again, transformation. Uh, marriages healed up. Uh, Father-children relationship getting healed and all that. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Thank you. John 5, 17 says, The Father is working, and I am working. Uh, one of the keys that we found is really helpful if we find where is the Holy Spirit at work in, in the lives of the people. And often it is, and it was certainly in my life, God was working on my heart and, and stirring me and, and drawing me before I found the Lord. And so one of the keys is we, 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 we look at people around us and where is, where is God having his hand on them? And you will find that too. So uh, if you're available and if you're alert, Lord, what is it? Who is it that you want me to share something today or touch or do something? So um, sometimes people are not ready yet. Sometimes people need more suffering even uh, to prepare their hearts. But the Lord is working in the lives of people. And I always refer to people, those are the not yet saved. Because it gives me a different perspective, right? They are my brothers in the future. They might very well be. So, um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So God has works prepared that we walk in them. So we pray for divine encounters. We say we have a leadership meeting with the leaders and every Tuesday and we say, God, to, to do again miracles this week. Stretch out your strong arm. Uh, touch, touch the big guys in this town. Touch the imams. Touch, do, do your things. And he does. He hears it from heaven. Yeah. And just to give you a um, bit of background, the, the people where we live, um, they're Muslim uh, on the outside. On the inside, 
they're actually uh, animists. That, that means they trust in the spirits and in the demons and they worship demons. They, they blatantly, in the face, worship demons. And they do a lot of witchcraft. And they, you can see in their eyes there's hopelessness and there's lostness. And you know, um, the Portuguese have been in our area for 500 years um, when they were looking for the voyage to, to India. But the way they brought Christianity was not attractive to them because they were drinking wine, they brought, they worshipped Maria and um, worshipped the saints, and they ate pork, and it was not attractive at all for those Muslim people, so they rejected it. And so this went on for, for close to 2,000 years. And only for 10 years we now see, finally, people coming to the Lord. And, and for the first time ever in history, an indigenous church is growing up. This has never happened before. So this is amazing. Give me the goosebumps. And we, we, we see our district is so huge. We have a third of a million black people. And we're, there's one Italian priest and us six as a family, four children and two adults. So we're in a sea of people. And there is this huge lostness. And there are people who have, who have never heard of the way of salvation. And they lived from, they were born, they lived their life, they grew up, they fathered children, they get sick, they die. And then the next generation, born, lives, might marry, dies. And this went on for generation, for generation, for generation, for generation. Just picture this. And in, in all of this uh, darkness, witchcraft, fear, uh, sin, abuse, uh, terrible things. And it's, I'm reminded of the scripture, um, I think it's in Matthew 4. The people who sat in darkness... Uh, a light has shone upon them. And the people who sat in the valley of death have seen a great light. And this is how we feel what happened in, in, this, in this area where we live. Um, there was this huge darkness for centuries, two millennia, and, and hopelessness. And then the gospel came. And they opened up for it like... Like, how do you say, a shell or a clam? You say this, a clam? Uh, opening up a little bit and people come to the Lord. And Rod mentioned it, the first seven years uh, were tough. We didn't see a single soul come to the Lord. Um, we, we, we learned the language, we, two languages, in fact. Uh, we, we studied the culture, we tried different strategies. And I said to the Lord, I haven't left my country I haven't left my family, I haven't left my friends and all of this to be at the end of the world in the bush in the middle of nowhere and see no fruit. This is not possible. I, I won't take this. And I was really on my knees pleading and saying, this is not going to happen. Give me fruit. I'm German. So I don't, I don't beat around the bush. And he answered. 
And then after seven years, we saw slowly people coming to the Lord, slowly. And we call this missionaries, we call this truth encounter. So we brought the truth, we tell Bible stories, we don't preach. We uh, sit with people um, on the ground and we, 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 sh we tell them a short Bible story. And by the way, this might be helpful for you. Whenever I'm in a hospital and I see someone is on his way out and I might be the last man who gives him the gospel, I have this one Bible story that I often share. Jesus on the cross, crucified. And there are two robbers, right? One on the right, one on the left-hand side. And the first one is giving him abuse. When you, you're the Messiah, you're the Savior. Why don't you save us and yourself? And the other one is saying, be quiet. He has done nothing wrong. We, we deserve to be here, but he has done nothing wrong. And then he says to Jesus, Jesus, when you are coming into your kingdom, please remember me. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And this is such a powerful story. And you just realize I retold it to you, right? So it, it's not rocket science. This is a story that you can tell. And it shows the kind of saving faith that is necessary. It's not much, eh? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So we tell Bible stories. And the people, we make the people learn them by heart. Because they're illiterate, most of them. They can't read and write. So we... Make them learn Bible stories and they take those Bible stories and they retell it to their families, um, wherever they live in the neighborhoods. And from there the word goes. So this is what we call truth encounter. But we were always eager to see the power encounter because when the word comes together with the spirit, then it takes off, right? Yeah. And um, we've been on a journey And let's just go back for a second to, to Matthew 28, verse, verse 14. Uh, I've, I had, I've had the chance to look a, a bit at uh, how, you, how you work and how you function and how the church is run. And I really loved it. And uh, thank you. And uh, <laughs> and I really liked it, um, what you do with uh, Elijah House teaching and inner healing and mercy ministry, no, uh, mercy ministry, uh, giving out food, helping uh, women uh, who are vulnerable and relationships are healthy, what I pick up here and it's really wonderful and I met a couple of people, Brad and Andrew, Kevin. Andy, and it was really nice to, to just be together with you and be received so warmly. And I want to zoom out of this a little bit, just give you, trying to give you a, bit of, a bigger picture. And let's, let's go back to, to the start. Adam and Eve just had failed the test. And God said, one day will come someone who will step on the head of the snake and crush it. And the snake will bite in his heel. So it refers to Jesus, of course. So God, back in the day, in, the, in the chapter 4 of Genesis, all, already explained his plan of salvation that he had ready. And um, what happens if you are bitten in the heel by a venomous snake? 
you'll probably die. Most likely, at least in Africa. I'm not, not so sure about here, but in Africa, you die. And in Jesus' day, it was, that was happened to Jesus. He died. And um, God revealed his plan, and he went on. He chose a man, Abraham. And from Abraham, he built a people. And his plan was, was taking shape, and he was forming this people and sending prophets and would go on and go on. And the, the plan was that from this people, the savior of the world would come. And then there was a, a break, kind of, and a silence. And the people would think, we didn't have a word from God for quite some time. Where are the prophets? And there was silence from heaven. And it went on for 100 years. And then 200 years. And then 300 years. Not a prophet. Not a word from heaven. 400 years. And the people started to fast. And to, to get together and say, we must try, try harder. Let's keep the law. And then again, God sent a man, John the Baptist. And he prepared the way of the Messiah. Jesus came and his disciples were so eager uh, to know when would be the kingdom established. When will finally God fight against our enemies and free us from this slavery and from this regime? And Jesus said, I don't know. The Father only knows in heaven. So uh, just as a short sidekick, somebody tells you, I know when Jesus is coming back, the day of judgment, he's going to be a false prophet. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, so I think Jehovah's Witnesses and that sort, uh, they're not right. <laughs> of course not. Um, and then Jesus said something very, very substantial. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So he's, he said essentially... I can't tell you when, but I can tell you the, the condition, the precondition that has to take place. The gospel of the kingdom, that faith in Jesus saves, has to be preached to all nations. And then the end will come. In other words, before all nations haven't heard the gospel, the end cannot come. It's a precondition. So when, when Christ had this victory over the snake, Israel rejected the Messiah. And for me, it looked like a detour. You, you, that word detour, is it English? Yeah. You have a construction site and you go a side road and then you come back on the main road, right? And it seemed to me God took a detour because... All the way along history, he used Israel, prophets and seers and whatnot. And then suddenly, he opened up the way for, for the heathens, for the pagans, for, the, for people who worshipped other gods and did abominable things. I mean, at least where I, where I came from, 
centuries, millennia back, we had the holy forests and worshipped the Germanic gods and sacrificed to them and, and probably your ancestors as well, most likely. And God did a great, great detour and he, he entrusted this gospel to, to us. He could have given the gospel to, to fulfill this word, preach the gospel to all nations, and then the end will come. He could have given us to a bunch of angels, right? Mighty warriors, blazing, and I don't know how high. And they would just do the job in 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, just cruise over to North America, get it to the Indians and China, and then whatnot. But God, in his wisdom... He decided to give it to those who were his former enemies. Earthen vessels, us. And we are entrusted the gospel. And we are now 2,000 years after we have received the gospel. So it took us 2,000 years and here we are. And the job is not yet done. So you hear what I'm saying? It is our job. God has sort of limited himself by entrusting us the gospel to finish this job so he can bring, Jesus can come back. So what John the Baptist was doing for Jesus in his first coming, preparing the way, and it cost him his life, by the way. We are in his position now. And we are preparing the way. How? By pro proclaiming the gospel, teaching the gospel to the nations. If you look at the Greek, that it's actually the original, because Matthew, obviously, he didn't write King James English, right? Or this is New International Version, right? So he didn't write in English. He wrote in Greek, most likely. You find nations doesn't mean necessarily countries or, or states, Nations, ethnos, means tribes, a coherent group of people speaking the same language, having the same culture. So we have of those in Mozambique at least 20 different languages, different cultures, very distinguishable. Um, you have in Australia, you have people from Scottish ancestry, you have proper Australians for some time, you have Aboriginals. You have Chinese immigrants. So there's all distinctive groups, right? So this is what he's talking about. And often in the Bible you see... How's time? Are you serious? <laughs> I've gone five minutes or I have five minutes left? Um, annoying. <laughs> okay. Five minutes... Yeah, okay. I get it. In Africa, we have all the time of the world. <laughs> you keep your watches. <laughs> yeah, so in the Bible you see people are, uh, God is, is, is rarely referring to nations as states, but he is, he is, his idea are, are tribes and, and ethnos, right? So, Very important for us is uh, obedience. People are coming to, to follow the Lord and we look at their hearts and 
They might not be as gifted as others, but when we, when we see uh, obedience in their life, we invest in them. And we, we pay for uh, discipleship training schools and we push them forward. We invest our time and our energy in them. And we don't want people just talk the talk. We want people to walk the walk. Yeah. We, we want to see people who are proactive and who are giving themselves to the Lord. And giftedness is, is nice, but obedience is so much better. And th this is something we, we look at. Uh, Matthew 28, let's just repeat it for a second, because this is the overall theme. Making disciples go to the nations. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and by teaching them to obey everything. Again, obey. Do a Bible study and look up obey in the New Testament. You will be surprised. Gospel of John. Jesus explains what love means by obeying my commands. This is amazing. It gives you a new concept of love. I mean, the love of the Father, and I soak in this worship, and I, I just enjoy being with you here. It touches me very deeply. But there's an aspect of obedience and of submission and of, of giving your life and surrender and simply obeying. Because we have this new heart. We can obey, right? Um, Maybe I give it to you and you ask a couple of questions because that, that will help. I could go on. We have testimonies in this, in, from those 15 years. Amazing things that the Lord did and came, came into this unreached people group. And they, are, took, they took the gospel. We saw witch doctors come to the Lord. We saw imams come to the Lord. Um, and people with epilepsy got healed. And anxieties got delivered and all that. And the Lord came into these family networks and brought salvation. Yeah, I think something that you mentioned before about truth encounter yep. led to a power encounter. And that's something that I've been thinking about, obviously also observing what was happening and hearing right. from you and even relating to you in the last few years. Just the power encounters have been very, very obvious to me. Maybe just share a little bit about that, what that looks like. You've, you've touched it a little bit. And as, before we finish, just that... What is it? What are these power encounters? Right. Okay. Uh, so the people where we serve, they are in witchcraft. Uh, everyone does it to some extent or the other. Um, and then they suffer. They suffer horribly from all ailments, and they have a, a heaviness in their feet and all sorts of sicknesses, and they, they, they connect the dots together, and they realize it's the demons. Uh, that I have invited through the rituals and through the offerings and through my behavior, sinful behavior, sleeping around and whatnot. And so they, they heard that the followers of Isa, Jesus, are expelling demons very successfully. So they come to us and then we tell them, yes, but we are not, not Christian witch doctors. We, we are not, you cannot pay your, your one dollar and then you get healed and you leave the gate and continue your whoring. It's not going to work. So we tell them the way of salvation, and they're desperate enough. They try it out. They say, okay. And then we lead them into a process of getting rid of the witchcraft stuff. Uh, understand your problem, first of all. 
uh, we teach them how demons enter into person, into a person, how they stay in a person and what they're doing. There are personalities without a body, so they need a body to express themselves, to create difficulties for people. Um, and how to get rid of them in the name of Jesus and how, how they're going to stay out because you have to follow, continue to follow the Lord. And so we, they come from zero or minus ten maybe and we bring, drag them all the way, right? And, and then we're going to have a, a, mostly on Wednesdays, we, we invite two or three. Those where we pick up, they are ready. Every Wednesday, get this. We have prayed for over 300 people, Makuas, and a couple of Westerners. And, uh, and then we, we make them repent for their, for their stuff, renounce the spirit in their lives, and then we expel those demons. And then half of them don't manifest. The other half have the weirdest manifestations that you can imagine. And then they are free. And they float out of our gate. They are on cloud, I don't know, do you say this, cloud nine? Do you have that? Yes, we do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that Westerners have demons too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, let's not go there, let's not go there, okay. let's not go there. No, 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 no. Can I say one sentence? Yes. It's going to be a long sentence. <laughs> No, uh, it's, we have names for everything. We call it anxieties, ADHS, we call it epilepsy, we call it Tourette syndrome. Most of it, if you dig deeper, you find some demonic thing that is just clinging in the, on that person's soul, right? Because the spirit of a person is saved when he starts to follow the Lord. It's saved and sealed with the Holy Spirit, there's no question. But the soul is not redeemed yet. There's a lot of crap in it. And so they try to build their fortress or defend their fortress that they have for, for years. And you have to clean it out. So I had to clean it out in my life. And I'm still ready and available. And if there is still something, I'm ready and I want to get it out. Very insightful. Thank you very much. I'm going to hand over to Brad. Good. Um, we may be able to expel a few. No, I won't go there. <laughs> it's awesome. I, we, we had lunch on, uh, on Friday and I heard many, many incredible stories and, uh, and just so encouraged to hear what God is doing and, and to know that uh, oftentimes in, uh, in certain cultures where the, that kind of, especially animistic cultures, that uh, the spiritual dimension is a little bit more expressed, but it's absolutely the same uh, wherever you go. Uh, it's just hidden a lot more, particularly right. in Western culture. It's hidden behind um, all sorts of other other things, other issues. But uh, but God is moving, and so wherever you find yourself, uh, whether you uh, feel and end up going to the nations or you go to your neighbours, uh, wherever you are, uh, God is at work and He's and He's moving. Um, I would love if you would maybe uh, pray for us. Uh, and also maybe, um, okay, Andy's going to jump up, but uh, even if you're here today and, and maybe even hearing some of the stories that Martin shared about Jesus and, uh, and that choice to follow him and to, to be obedient, that maybe you feel something stirring in your own heart and just uh, want to have that desire just to say, well, I, I feel like I want to say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you feel like there's some things that are holding you back in your life and, uh, and hearing that, well, Jesus can set you free. Uh, I'd love uh, just for you to pray for, for people um, just to, to receive Jesus, to receive healing, to receive
see breakthrough to start on that journey of following him uh, because Jesus is the way and he's the truth and he is the life. He has come to give us abundant life, a life in, in, in the greatest measure. And so uh, if, if you would, um, maybe if you're able to stand, uh, just to stand with us, we'll only be a couple more minutes. And uh, yeah, Martin's just going to pray. Father, thank you for this precious people, for my brothers and sisters here. And I thank you for the word. Thank you that you have a future for us to prosper. And you will have the last word. And Adam and Eve might have just failed miserably in this test. But you're going to have the last word. And we can see, see that, that plan that you have to redeem and to to have all the nations before the throne and you chose us to play this part in preaching the gospel of your son Jesus Christ to the nations and then the end will come and the new chapter will be opened and so I pray that you may grant that in this, in this gathering here you call out people to serve you in other etnia, in other nations, be it in Australia, be it overseas, Father. Or that you grant that people support people who are working there, toiling there. And that this church grasp the vision of completing that task and picking up that burden and playing a part in this great commission that you've given us body of Christ I pray that that you you single out people that you've chosen for a long time ago and that they're trained up and skill themselves up and then they go they have the willingness to surrender their lives and lay it down for you and reach people bring them that hope that light that you talked about in Matthew 4 for people who sit in darkness, that they finally can see a great light. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you what you do right now. So I bless my brothers and sisters for this week that is before them. May it be a week of, of blessing and of fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. May the angels protect them. May you go before them and after them. And may this word stay with them and bear fruit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And Father, we pray for, just for anyone here this morning who, who may be even just feeling, maybe for the first time or, or maybe you've done it before, where you feel that being drawn to Jesus. The Bible says that no one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. So we know that it's, it's your drawing, Lord. It's, it's your wooing, Lord, where you stir in our hearts and you, and you make us desire Jesus. You make us desire to want to follow him, to, to, be, to be called by his name. And I just feel like, Holy Spirit, you're just, you're just drawing hearts to you this morning, Lord. And so I just want to pray for anyone who's here this morning who, 
Maybe you're just feeling, yeah, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to do that great exchange of my life for His life, my brokenness for His healing, my lack for His abundance. And just while everyone's got their eyes closed, um, if you want me to pray for you, why don't you just put your hand up? Again, no one's going to twist your arm. This is something that we trust the Holy Spirit will stir in you. But if you're like, you know, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Awesome. We just pray this prayer to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give over to you every part of me. I ask that you forgive me for all of my sin. And I receive all of your righteousness. I receive salvation. I receive your Holy Spirit now in Jesus' name. And I choose from this day forward to walk with you, God. I choose to walk in the way of Jesus. And I thank you that everlasting life begins today. Not one day when I die, but that relationship begins today. And I ask that you would reveal yourself to me by your Holy Spirit. Even now, Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and just begin to move, that they would feel you in, in their body. If they didn't pray the prayer, Lord, you are real. You are alive. You are present here on the earth. You are moving. You are changing and transforming lives. So we thank you, Lord, that we can experience you. We can feel you. We can encounter you right now. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the nations and in this nation and in our neighborhoods and our workplaces, Lord. And I just pray you would give us all eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing and what you're saying, not just to us, but also to those around us as you are lovingly pursuing your creation to bring them to salvation, to restoration, to abundance.